good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time you're joining us for another podcast of First Aid Basics. Today's podcast is going to be the Respiratory Illness and Injuries 2.0. After I recorded the first podcast, I wanted to add uh, some more information uh, with illness, regards to illness, injury, and first aid. And uh, I personally find podcast over 30 minutes can be a bit long for some people. So I'm just breaking this one up into two separate podcasts, but on the same episode. All right. So continuing on to respiratory illness, injury, and treatment. One of the first ones I want to talk about is uh, a condition called hyperventilation. Hyperventilation, hyper is just uh, uh, faster than normal or above standard, and ventilation is, is that it, breathing. So when someone normally breathes in and out, their lungs expand, the air goes in, the carbon dioxide and the oxygen exchange gases, and everything's good. When someone who's hyperventilating for whatever cause or reason, the air just goes from the nose to the bottom of their their uh, throat, so it's not really getting deep into the lungs. Uh, there are many causes for hyperventilation. One of the most common causes is uh, anxiety or uh, witnessing something traumatic or being given bad news. Some of the signs and symptoms of someone who is hyperventilating is very fast, shallow breathing. They may feel like they're dizzy, lightheaded. They may complain that their fingers or toes are feeling numb or pins and needles. And that's just something that the blood flow is not getting to every body part. The first aid intervention is fairly simple. The first thing you want to try to do is get them away from whatever's causing their anxiety um, to go up. So if it's so witnessing of uh, some kind of a, a trauma, get them away from that environment um, if at all possible. Uh, the second thing you want to do is coach their breathing. So that's best attained by standing right in front of them. I know this day of COVID, it's, it's not that simple anymore where we're all wearing masks. But go somewhere where there's not a lot of people, have them uh, take some nice deep breaths, coach their breathing, breathe in with me, and hold it, one, two, three, and out nice and slow, in through your nose, hold it for a few seconds, and out through your mouth. Uh, Try to use some imaginary uh, diversion, so like a, a beach or a park, a nice stroll in the park, something to help take their mind off of whatever's causing their anxiety. So just coach their breathing. Um, We do not use any old-fashioned first aid techniques, which I'll refrain from mentioning in this podcast just so it doesn't get uh, any ideas for those who, who are wondering. Our bodies need the oxygen to live the old techniques were depriving that person of oxygen so um, coach their breathing take your time with it reassure 
the person that they can get their breathing under control, whatever's causing them to be upset or anxious, that can be worked out, but right now we really need to get their breathing back under a normal uh, rate and have them um, just get back into a nice, normal respiratory uh, system. A couple of other things I want to discuss regarding um, respiratory issues. This will be cross-referenced with uh, poisons later on down the the episode line. But, um, and that involves uh, airway poisons, so like carbon monoxide, smoke like from a house fire or um, H2S and that's hydrogen sulfide those are all gases that are poisonous to humans okay? um, carbon monoxide especially it's one of those um, really mean baddies what, what I mean by that is it, um, it binds to the hemoglobin in our in our blood and but the hemoglobin carries the oxygen so it actually has a binding receptor to it which makes it very deadly uh, that person who is in a carbon monoxide area it's odorless it's tasteless it, 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 you're overcome before you realize it and next thing you know you're un, unresponsive possibly not breathing this person needs to be immediately removed if the, if it's the scene is safe to do so activate EMS um, give uh, mouth to mouth if they're not breathing or using a, some kind of a barrier device their number one uh, treatment for carbon monoxide poisoning is the use of supplemental oxygen so like a back valve mask if they're not breathing if they are breathing a non rebreather mask and this is all an advanced skill set uh, usually f- fire EMS ambulance those type of uh, people have that uh, equipment available but uh, that's the most important first aid is to get them out of the uh, environment and to begin any kind of uh, artificial respiration if that is in their training Uh, some gases are and I'm not not a chemist and I'm not any kind of specialty but some gases are heavier than air some gases are lighter than air if you're in a work environment where if those gases are present you need to seek additional training and to realize what you could be exposed to so let's say for instance uh, hydrogen sulfide you only smell it once uh, uh, our nasal olfactory uh, we smell things and then our, our noses so to speak become numb hydrogen sulfide or H2S is one of those gases when you smell it once that's the last time you're going to smell it and possibly the last breath you could take so that one is heavier than air where um, some gases are lighter than air so just be aware your surroundings Um, cold versus flu influenza versus cold the rhinovirus my nursing career I've been asked that question a lot Um, the difference is they're both viruses which means there is no cure there is only symptomatic treatment Um, a cold or the rhinovirus 
generally um, may have a, a low grade temperature, some minor aches or pains, some sniffles, mild coughing, could be congested. There's a lot of uh, underlying circumstances as to how severe a cold could be, a cold virus could be. Where a flu, it hits you really hard and really fast, high fever, very lethargic, so there's no energy. Um, the main difference is, is the influenza will linger for weeks, and some of the side effects of that could turn, roll into pneumonia, it can roll into other infections in the body, like ear, inner ear infections or chest infections or anything like that. So the actual true influenza, high fever, rapid onset, um, very, very tired, lethargic. This person just does not look well or feel well. Uh, both are contagious, so just do take stock in that. A cold generally run its course week or two and, and that's the end of it and um, they're both treated symptomatically um, uh, believe it or not for those who don't know a fever is actually good a low grade to a mid-grade fever is good that's our body's way of fighting off an infection it becomes problematic when the fever is too high and um, it tends to uh, the body is trying to get rid of the the invading bacteria or virus but it's also harming the host. So um, there are measures you can take for reducing a fever, but do realize that the fever itself is meant to get rid of the, uh, the virus or the uh, bacteria. Um, croup versus epiglottitis, and, and those are things that we see in, in small children, toddlers and things like that. Um, Croup is, the best way to describe it is low-grade fever, a barking sound when they're coughing, almost like a seal bark, um, and they don't have any problems swallowing, where epiglottitis, and that's just the inflammation of the epiglottis, and that's that uh, thing in the back of your mouth, if you open up your mouth and look in a mirror, um, that is very serious. There's drooling, there's problems swallowing, there's problems speaking, um, If and there's a high fever and it comes on rapidly. If you suspect a child has possible epiglottitis, do not examine the mouth or the throat. Get them straight to your nearest hospital. Um, this is a true life-threatening emergency for someone suspected to have epiglottitis. Let the physicians take care of this child. So croup, slower onset, no problems generally with swallowing or speaking, seal-like bark and cough, uh, and low to mid fever, where epiglottitis, rapid onset, um, higher fever, problems, they can't swallow, so they may be drooling because of the swallowing issues, and speaking. So this person really needs to seek a uh, hospital medical attention ASAP. All right, um, what other issues or concerns? Well, just as a reminder that uh, the ambient air that we breathe in has got uh, approximately 20.5 to 21 percent 
oxygen in it and um, anything that dips below that uh, our bodies can be called uh, hypoxic uh, and that what that means is our bodies do need that that amount of oxygen in our, our cells to live to what's called be homeostasis. So let's say 21% oxygen. We're breathing in, we breathe out 16% oxygen. So our bodies only need roughly 5% to, to be happy. So um, in any dip lower than that, and we do start showing signs of hypoxia. So that could be anywhere from dizziness to lack of concentration, numbness or tingling in the extremities. Um, as this, uh, the hypoxia becomes worse, the skin color may become pale or blue or even purple looking, and, um, and that's called cyanosis. All right, I thank you very much for listening to this second podcast of respiratory conditions look forward to chatting with you soon following this train of logic we'll probably go on to cardiovascular issues in my next podcast which will be roughly in a week's time this again will be a very long podcast and i'll probably separate it into two um, more digestible episodes Uh, all right well thank you very much and have a great day stay safe out there